0: Thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. This episode is brought to you by Your Super, Care Of, and Beta Brand. I've got some new Patreon supporters I want to shout out, Anne Hill, Nicole Rashot, and Caroline. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I appreciate all of you. Before we get into the case, I want to make a quick announcement. As some of you may know, I've been promoting a live show that some friends and I have been planning. The True Crime Variety Show was supposed to go down on October 18th of 2019 in North Hollywood. Well, I got word from the venue manager that they basically gave the venue to another party. Even though we received confirmation more than once that the venue was being reserved for our show in October, somehow the venue was committed to someone else. As much as we hate to do it, we've decided to cancel the show for now and hold a meetup instead. It would be next to impossible to find a venue this late in the game in Los Angeles on a Friday night. I apologize to anyone who bought tickets or was planning to buy tickets to the show. I've processed refunds for all who purchased tickets. This came as a complete surprise to us and was totally out of our control. Still, I do understand that people were looking forward to the show as my co-hosts and I were. All that said, I'm really excited to still be holding a get-together on the same night we were going to do the live show. I'll be hosting a meetup in the Los Angeles area on October 18th, 2019, and a lot of my true crime buddies will be there. I'm currently looking at venues, and I'll keep you all posted once the location is confirmed. The meetup is completely free and will be a fun and casual setting for true crime podcast fans to get together with some of their favorite LA podcasters and other like-minded people. I'll be there, along with War Baby from Murderous Miners, Caitlin and Carrie from White Wine True Crime, Tara Newell from Dirty John, and Rebecca Sebastian from Dialogue, A True Crime Conversation. We would love to see you there, so clear your calendar for the evening of October 18th, 2019, and make sure you're following Murderish on social media so you don't miss out on any details or updates on the Los Angeles Meetup happening next month on October 18th. Without further delay, let's get into today's case. The opinions expressed in this episode do not
1: necessarily reflect those of the Murderish podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised.
0: The woman inside the tank, 21-year-old Elisa Lamb, The tourist from Vancouver, Canada, arrived in Los Angeles on January 26th. Surveillance video shows her acting oddly inside the hotel elevator, as if she's hiding from someone. Los Angeles, the most populous city in the state of California, is known to many as the City of Angels. Located in Southern California, the city of L.A. is well known for many reasons. Countless movies and TV shows have been filmed there over the last century. Hollywood, a town that needs no explanation, is located within L.A. County. Los Angeles is home to thousands of celebrities. Tourists flock to L.A. every year seeking to spot a celebrity Visit the picturesque beaches, take advantage of the ideal weather, and take pictures at the countless number of landmarks the city holds. In 2013, one international tourist would travel to the big city alone, seeking to take a break from school. She checked into an iconic LA hotel, but she would never check out. The big city of dreams turned out to be a nightmare for two parents who would never get to see their daughter alive again. Join me as I walk you through the untimely and mysterious death of Elisa Lamb. In 2013, 21-year-old Elisa Lam set out alone on a trip to Los Angeles, California. Elisa, whose Cantonese name was Lam Ho Yee, lived in Vancouver, Canada with her family, where she was enrolled at the University of British Columbia. Elisa's parents, David and Yina Lam, were immigrants from Hong Kong. Elisa was a thinly-built, attractive young woman with dark hair and a big smile. The young college student was described by friends as being intelligent and sweet. Elisa was also a blogger who often wrote about her mental state. At one point, she wrote that she was scared of suicide. Elisa dealt with depression and suffered from bipolar disease. For unknown reasons, Elisa's family kept her mental illness a secret. In her blog, Elisa also described how she had recently been struggling in school And maybe this gives us insight into her motivation to take an international trip alone. In January of 2013, Elisa left Canada alone and set out on a trip to see California's beautiful West Coast. It seems she was seeking a break from school and perhaps some solidarity. Elisa's first stop was in San Diego, a popular beach town in Southern California. From there, Elisa boarded an Amtrak train headed to L.A. She planned to stay in L.A. for a few days and then leave to visit Santa Cruz, another beach town located on California's central coast. Elisa, however, would never make it to Santa Cruz. A couple of days after arriving in L.A., Elisa checked into the iconic Hotel Cecil, also known as Cecil Hotel and Cecil for short. Located at 640 South Main Street in downtown Los Angeles, Cecil Hotel opened its doors in 1927. The Cecil Hotel, with its Art Deco style, had over 600 rooms. Considered an upscale hotel in the 1920s, many big Hollywood names checked into Cecil over the years. The iconic hotel, however, lost its upscale appeal at some point and became a two-star hostel hotel Frequented by seedy characters. At the time Elisa Lamb checked into the hotel in 2013, it was not at all what it was decades earlier. The hotel, located right in the heart of LA Skid Row, was a popular place for drug deals and other illicit activities. Elisa's parents, David and Yina, likely would not have been happy about their daughter's choice of hotel, but it was cheap, and Elisa was likely on a tight budget. Cecil was not safe, and it certainly was not an ideal place for a young woman to be staying alone. Perhaps Elisa wasn't aware that the hotel, while still an iconic and well-known L.A. landmark, was now a place where illegal activities were frequent. Elisa's parents were worried about their daughter traveling alone, but she promised to call and check in with them every day. In addition to the illegal activities for which the hotel is well-known, Cecil has earned a nickname over the years due to even darker events that have occurred there. Since the hotel opened in the 1920s, 15 murders and suicides have taken place there, earning it the nickname Suicide Hotel. Most recently, in 2015, a man jumped to his death from an upper floor of the hotel. The events that have occurred at Cecil have forever cemented the hotel as a true crime landmark. In 1947, a woman named Elizabeth Short was last seen making phone calls in the lobby of the Cecil Hotel. That woman would later be found dead, her mutilated body cut in half, and all of her blood drained. Her mysterious murder remains unsolved today and is one of the most well-known murder cases in history, commonly referred to as the Black Dahlia murder. The prolific American serial killer Richard Ramirez, known as the Night Stalker, stayed at the Cecil Hotel in 1985. In the early 1990s, Jack Unterweger stayed at the Cecil Hotel, posing as a crime researcher and writer. At night, he'd leave the hotel and murder local prostitutes. He later committed suicide as law enforcement closed in on him. Elisa Lamb checked into the Cecil Hotel on January 28th of 2013. From her hotel, she'd post regular updates on her blog. In one blog post, she wrote about the not-so-great accommodations at Cecil. As promised, Elisa called her parents every day to check in. Three days after checking into the hotel on January 31st, Elisa's parents were expecting their daily call from Elisa. The call never came, and this caused Elisa's parents to become worried. They called the hotel to ask about their daughter, but nobody had seen her. David and Yina Lam called authorities and reported their daughter missing later that day. The LAPD got involved and opened an investigation into Elisa's disappearance. Not long after the investigation was opened, Elisa's parents flew out to L.A. to look for their daughter. A few years ago, I started reading food labels. I am mostly concerned with what I'm putting into my body because I believe what you put into your body has the greatest effect on your overall health. So I was really excited at the opportunity to partner with Your Super. Your Super is dedicated to improving your health and making it so easy to do. Your Super offers high-quality superfood mixes that can easily be mixed into your oatmeal, almond milk, Hummus, and even into your bottle of water. Get this I poured a pack of Your Super Super Greens mix into my bottle of water, and bam, I got a full serving of healthy greens. And no joke, the Super Greens mix was so tasty. It tasted slightly sweet, but had absolutely no sweeteners in it. Nine out of ten people don't get enough fruits and veggies. I'm one of them. Your Super solves that problem, and I am hooked. All of Your Super's mixes are made of just five to six whole foods with no added sweeteners and no colors. All of their products are organic, non-GMO, with ingredients sourced from farmers with whom Your Super has a direct relationship. I'm a mom of three, a business owner, and produce a podcast in between all of that. Your Super has been such a game changer for me because I can just grab one of their packets and go. They've got an awesome matcha powder that keeps me energized and a forever beautiful mix that keeps my skin nourished. I also love that Your Super has a transparent supply chain so I know exactly what I'm putting into my body. Your Super also gives back to those in need. With every mix you buy, Your Super donates a life-saving food bar to a child in need. Are you ready to get the cleanest superfood plant protein mixes? Just visit YourSuper.com. That's Y-O-U-R-S-U-P-E-R dot com. Get 15% off when you enter code MURDERISH at checkout. Visit YourSuper.com and don't forget to get 15% off with promo code MURDERISH at checkout. Ladies, I've been telling you about my dress pant yoga pants because they are such a game changer. It pains me to wear clothes that aren't comfortable, and I used to just power through it when getting ready for work. Now, things have changed. Instead of wearing stiff and uncomfortable work pants, I've traded up for Dress Pant Yoga Pants by Beta Brand. These pants feel like I'm wearing yoga pants, but look stylish and professional. Dress Pant Yoga Pants are made of a wrinkle-resistant, four-way, Ponty knit fabric that is amazing. Not only are they crazy comfortable, my Dress Pant Yoga Pants fit like a glove. These pants look so stylish, and they're practical at the same time. One of the pant styles has eight pockets, Enough room for all your lady stuff so you can leave your purse at home. Beta Brand makes styles for everyone and every body shape. There are skinny styles, cropped, straight leg, bootleg, and more. I am loving my skinny leg cigarette dress pant yoga pants because they make me feel like a boss. And I can just toss those suckers into the washing machine. Who has time for the dry cleaner? Not this girl. If you're ready for a serious upgrade on your work pants, get Dress Pant Yoga Pants at betabrand.com/murderish, all lowercase, to get 20% off your purchase. That's betabrand.com/murderish, all lowercase. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Visit b e t a b r a n d.com/murderish, all lowercase, to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. While it's unknown exactly what Elisa did while visiting L.A., she was seen a few times by hotel staff and a local business owner during the three days she stayed at Cecil. The LAPD learned during their investigation that the last person to see Elisa on January 31st was a nearby bookstore owner named Katie Orphan. Orphan recalled to police that she saw Elisa at her bookstore, which was located very close to the Cecil Hotel. She said Elisa was buying gifts for her family back in Vancouver. Orphan was quoted as saying, It seemed like she had plans to return home, plans to give things to her family and reconnect with them. And the name of the bookstore where Elisa was last seen was ironic. The name of it was The Last Bookstore. Orphan said Elisa didn't seem strange at all when she spoke with her at the bookstore.
1: She was very outgoing, very lively, very friendly, talking about What book she was getting and whether or not uh, what she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled or take home with her. It kind of feels like the beginning of a noir novel, like this is the beginning of a Raymond Chandler story, and Philip Marlowe is going to figure out what happened. And unfortunately, this is real life.
0: A preliminary search of the hotel was conducted, but it was limited. Elise's disappearance wasn't treated as a crime at first, and therefore, police didn't have access to all of the hotel rooms. The roof of the hotel was searched, but didn't result in any useful information. Police were able to gain access to Elisa's hotel room. Inside, they found some of Elisa's personal items, including a watch and her laptop. Given that items of value were found inside of her room, robbery was ruled out as a motive in her disappearance. In addition, Elisa's room did not appear to have been ransacked. Everything seemed to be in decent order although there was one important item missing. Elisa's cell phone was not found inside of her hotel room. Police dogs were called in to assist, but they were not able to pick up Elisa's scent. Missing persons flyers with Elisa's photo on them were distributed throughout the area surrounding the hotel, and still, police gained no useful leads. As part of their investigation, The LAPD asked hotel management for all surveillance videos for the dates Elisa was staying at the hotel. While the hotel did have security cameras, police were told that not all of them worked properly. Still, the hotel staff were able to produce hours of video for the dates of January 28th through January 31st. Investigators then had the daunting task of sifting through numerous hours of surveillance footage. It was at this time they discovered footage showing Elisa getting into a hotel elevator on January 31st, the day she was reported missing. The video footage is bizarre. Sometime during the evening of January 31st, Elisa is shown on surveillance footage getting into the hotel elevator. She's wearing black, loose-fitting basketball-type shorts, what appear to be slide-on sandals, and a bright red zip-up hoodie. When she gets into the elevator, Elisa appears to be hiding from someone, as she took a quick step to her right, making it so she couldn't be seen by anyone who would have been outside of the elevator. Elisa appears to be concerned about something. She is keeping a close eye outside of the elevator. The door to the elevator is wide open. After hiding for a few seconds, Elisa cautiously peeks her head outside of the elevator door. A few seconds later, she steps all the way out of the elevator and continues to cautiously look around. The elevator door is still wide open. Then Elisa steps back into the elevator, but quickly steps back outside of it again. Elisa stands there for a little while and then she is seen throwing her hands up in the air. She walks back into the elevator with her hands raised above her head. She then begins to push numerous buttons in rapid succession. She's pushing buttons for multiple floors in the hotel. The door of the elevator is still open. In fact, it never closes during the entire odd occurrence. The elevator appeared to be malfunctioning. After pushing numerous buttons, Elisa steps out of the elevator once again. This time, it appears as if she's talking to someone, but nobody else can be seen on the video. Elisa begins moving her arms and hands in an odd fashion almost in a way that someone would if they were speaking to someone and using their hands to tell a story. After that, Elisa is seen turning around and walking away, never to be seen alive again. The surveillance footage of Elisa in the hotel elevator likely occurred just moments before she died. On February 15th, two weeks after Elisa went missing, the LAPD decided to release the elevator footage to the public. They hoped it would lead to viable tips that may help in finding the missing woman. Instead of useful tips, conspiracy theories began emerging immediately, with people pointing out that certain times of the video appeared to be missing. People suggested that the video may have been manipulated prior to its release to the public. People also pointed out that when the video is slowed down, possible pixelation can be seen over Elisa's mouth at certain points during the video. The LAPD denied any altering of the video and claimed it had been released in its entirety. Investigators spoke with an elderly resident of the hotel who had lived at Cecil for 32 years. The 89-year-old resident told the LA Times that he heard a tremendous racket on the floor above him the evening Elisa disappeared. While unknown if related to her disappearance, there was also a flood at the hotel the evening Elisa vanished. Also of interest to investigators was a statement made by the hotel manager, Amy Price. Price told investigators that while Elisa had initially checked into a hostel type room at the hotel, she had to be moved to a private room because she began exhibiting odd behavior. While the investigation into Elisa's disappearance continued, some of the hotel guests began complaining of a foul odor and taste coming from the bathroom faucets in their rooms. They also complained of low water pressure and discoloration in the water. Hotel maintenance man, Santiago Lopez, was called to look into the water issue. On February 19th, he went to the roof of the hotel, where four 1,000-gallon water tanks were situated. The water tanks fed water down to all of the hotel rooms. Lopez climbed up the ladder in order to look inside of one of the water tanks. When Lopez opened the 20-pound lid to one of the tanks, he made a gruesome and unforgettable discovery. Inside the water tank was the nude body of a woman at the bottom of the tank. The remains were later identified through markings on the body. Lopez had found Elisa Lamb.
1: grim discovery, the downtown LA hotel. Police say the body found in a hotel water tank is that of a 21-year-old Canadian tourist Elisa Lam. Kate Taylor's Eric Spillman joins us live now from downtown LA with the latest on her mysterious death. Good morning. Hi, Megan. I just got off the phone with the coroner's office and they're talking about performing an autopsy on the body, perhaps as soon as tomorrow. The cause of death is going to be an important piece of the puzzle here. What a bizarre discovery it was yesterday. Let me show you some pictures of firefighters on the roof here of the Cecil Hotel. The body was found in a large water tank on the rooftop. People staying at the hotel complained of low water pressure, so a maintenance worker went up to check. He found the naked body of a woman in her 20s at the bottom of one of the tanks. Firefighters had to use a saw to cut a hole in the tank, drain the water out, and remove the body. Now they've identified her as 21-year-old Elisa Lamb.
0: The four water tanks were big. Each of them were 10 feet tall and sat on top of a platform. Once a person gets on top of the platform, a ladder had to be used in order to climb to the top of the water tank and access the lid on top, which was the only access point to gain entry into the water tanks. Though the water tanks were large, the lids on top of them were only 16 inches wide. For that reason, firefighters had to cut a hole in the tank, drain it, and then cut it open at the side in order to remove Elisa's 5 foot 4 body. Investigators were puzzled as to how Elisa could have gotten inside the water tank. There were only four ways to access the roof of the hotel. Three of the entrance points would be via the fire escapes on the side of the hotel located outdoors. Elisa would have had to climb more than 10 flights of stairs in order to get to the roof of the hotel. While not impossible, investigators found this scenario to be implausible. They believe someone would have reported seeing someone climbing the outside fire escape stairs, but no such reports came in. The fourth way to access the hotel roof was through a locked rooftop door, which would have sounded an alarm if opened. According to the hotel manager Amy Price, Investigators were told that only hotel staff had the code to unlock the rooftop door. Chief Engineer for the CISO Hotel, Pedro Tovar, indicated that accessing the rooftop of the hotel would have been difficult for anyone to do without setting off the alarm. Elisa was wearing clothes when she was last seen on the elevator footage, however, her lifeless body was found nude at the bottom of the water tank. Next to her in the tank, were the clothes that she had been wearing in the elevator footage. Also found in the water tank were some of Elisa's other belongings. Still, there was no sign of her cell phone. Investigators were able to gain access to Elisa's cell phone records. When received, they saw numerous phone calls to Elisa's parents as she would check in with them daily. There was one phone number in her call records that police were not able to match to anyone Elisa knew. Police were able to locate the person who had that phone number, and they brought him in for questioning. During questioning, the man indicated that Elisa had called him as the two of them had made plans to meet. That meeting, according to the man, never happened, and Elisa was found dead soon after. Investigators dug further into the man and discovered that he was out of town the day Elisa disappeared. Given that his alibi checked out, the man was ruled out as a suspect. I take my health seriously and was really excited to learn about Care of. Care of is a wellness brand that makes it so easy to get the right vitamins, supplements and protein powders for your wellness needs. To get started, I went to the Care of website and took their fun quiz and it was so easy. The quiz took just 5 minutes. And then I received research-backed recommendations for wellness products I can benefit from based on my quiz results. From there, I chose a couple of Care-of products to help brain function and improve my sleep. I always hit a wall in the afternoon and it's hard to stay focused on finishing my workday strong. Care-of products make it so easy to stay on track with wellness goals. Their products get delivered in easy-to-use daily packets that are perfect for the busy lifestyle most of us lead. I have to admit, While I'm very committed to a healthy lifestyle, I tend to fall off track when I get busy. That's when I need something quick but effective toward my health goals. And that's where Care-of comes in. If you're someone who leads a busy lifestyle, wants to put health and wellness first, but has trouble staying on track, Care-of is a perfect fit for you. It's as easy as grabbing a couple of their packets on your way out the door and boom, you've just made your health a priority and it was so easy. If you're ready to knock out your health goals like a boss with convenient products made of high-quality ingredients, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter code MURDERISH for 25% off your first care of order. That's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F.com and enter code MURDERISH for 25% off your first care of order. An autopsy was performed on Elisa's body, and the findings only led to more questions than answers. In the autopsy report, Elisa's body was noted to be bloated and moderately decomposed. Four different types of antidepressant drugs were found to be present. No signs of physical trauma or sexual assault were found. Elisa's cause of death was ruled an accidental drowning, with her bipolar disease being a factor. Anal blood pooling was found in Elisa's body however the medical examiner indicated that the pooling may be due to natural effect of drowning the autopsy report indicated that Elisa took at least one antidepressant the day of her death the report also indicated that she took a different antidepressant and a mood stabilizer recently but not the day of her death the report further noted that Elisa had not taken her prescribed antipsychotic drug recently and that she didn't have any alcohol or common illegal drugs in her system. The report indicated that there is a strong possibility that someone could become manic if not taking their bipolar medications properly. Although Elisa's death was ruled an accidental drowning, that has not taken away from the mystery that surrounds it. Many theories have been presented after her death. Some believe that Elisa suffered a manic episode and accidentally drowned in the water tank. Some believe she was murdered by a hotel employee who had access to the roof and then disposed of her body inside of the water tank. Both of these scenarios are hard to imagine, though. Given the very few rooftop access methods discussed earlier, many find it hard to believe that Elisa accessed the rooftop alone. And if she did, how did she close the lid to the water tank from the inside? Hotel staff told police it would be very difficult to close from the inside of the tank, partially due to its weight. The water tank lid weighed about 20 pounds. At the same time, it's also very hard to imagine someone carrying a lifeless body up the stairs to the top of the 10-foot water tank and then putting it through the 16-inch opening. Given all of the murders and suicides that have occurred at the CISO Hotel, Some have theorized that Elisa was possessed by demons, perhaps ghosts of the Cecil Hotel. Adding to the mystery and irony of this case was a CDC report that came out around the time of Elisa's death. The CDC, or Center for Disease Control, reported that 4,500 people were exposed to a form of tuberculosis which was resistant to drugs. The report indicated that the thousands of people exposed to TB... Were people who lived at or near Skid Row and the Cecil Hotel. Ironically, the TB test that was used to diagnose those affected was called Lam Elisa, Elisa's name backwards. One disturbing detail surrounding Elisa's death was something that had been written on the water tank next to the one in which Elisa's body was found. Written on the water tank were the words "fecto cunt hersuma," in Latin. These words translate to, in fact, she was a cunt. These vulgar writings have not been proven to be connected to Elisa's death. Instead, they are just one more factor that adds to the mystery that is her death. Numerous hotel guests brought lawsuits against the Cecil Hotel once it was discovered that a dead body was found inside a tank that supplied water to the hotel rooms. In September of 2013, Elisa's family also sued the hotel. Their suit claimed that the hotel did not properly protect guests from the water tanks. The family's lawsuit, however, was dismissed two years later, stating that the area where Elisa's body was found did not permit hotel guest access. Elisa's death has inspired TV shows and movie screenplays. Her story was featured on an episode of the wildly popular FX TV series, American Horror Story. In 2007, the tragedy-ridden Hotel Cecil changed its name to Stay on Main in an effort to rebrand and escape the poor reputation it had earned over the decades. In 2017, the hotel closed its doors for an expected two-year-long renovation and redevelopment project. Today, the hotel is still closed but expected to reopen soon as a mixed-use property offering hotel rooms and residential units. After Elisa's untimely death, new content was posted to her blog. This threw some people into a tizzy, believing that her killer may have possession of her cell phone and was using it to taunt people by posting on her blog after her death. Her cell phone, after all, was never recovered. Others believe Elisa may have just simply set her blog to automatically update before she died. There are still so many questions surrounding Elisa Lam's death. What prompted her to leave her hotel room the night she disappeared? Why was she seemingly paranoid and hiding in the elevator? Who might she have been talking to outside of the elevator? What prompted her to wave her hands around in such a bizarre fashion? How did she get inside of a 10-foot-tall water tank located on top of a restricted rooftop? Why didn't the hotel alarm sound when the rooftop door was opened? Why was she naked when her body was discovered, with no signs of physical trauma or sexual assault? Where is her cell phone? Why wasn't it found inside of the water tank along with her clothes and other belongings? Did the vulgar writings on the nearby water tank have anything to do with her death? Did she fail to take her prescribed medication and in turn experience a manic episode that ultimately led to her accidental death? Did she commit suicide or was she murdered? Elisa's death was officially ruled an accidental drowning with her bipolar disorder being a factor. Even so, it is likely that Elisa Lamb's manner of death will continue to linger as a question in many people's minds for a very long time. The LAPD and the L.A. County Coroner's Office consider Elisa's death a closed case and have been very tight-lipped since the case closed. Quoting novelist Chuck Pelinick, Elisa wrote in one of her blog posts, You're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Murderish. I'd love to discuss this mysterious case with you. Head over to the Murderish Facebook discussion group where we can talk about this case with other like-minded people. You can also find me on Twitter at MurderishPod or on Instagram at MurderishPodcast. If you like the show, there are so many ways to support it. You can start by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening now and tell a friend about Murderish. You can leave the show a rating and review in iTunes, which makes the show more discoverable. Buying products and services advertised on the show is another way to help. This episode was made possible by your super, care of, and beta brand. Make sure to use my special URL or promo code when you buy. Interested in extra Murderish perks? Go to Patreon.com/Murderish, where your monthly support will take you behind the mic and give you access to perks like exclusive bonus content, Murderish T-shirts stickers, a shout-out on the podcast, and other cool stuff. Want to show the world you're not a murderer, just murder-ish? Check out my online merch store at murderishpodcast.threadless.com. I have t-shirts, coffee mugs, you name it. If you have any comments or questions, or if you'd like a copy of episode source material, email me at murderishjamie at gmail.com. That's murderishjami at gmail.com. Murderish is mixed and mastered by John Buchennis of Audio Editing Solutions. Music in this episode was composed by Nico of We Talk of Dreams. This episode was researched by Tiffany Williams and written by me. Don't forget to mark your calendars for October 18th of 2019 for the Los Angeles Meetup. The location is still to be determined, but make sure you're following Murderish on social media to get updates on the event. As always, Isher's. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish.
1: The neighborhood is unsafe, the streets unlit, while others sleep soundly, you lie awake because you know the truth, you know that, no matter where you go, there is always a chance that a monster is in your midst. The darkness that runs deep within our own veins, the evil found in even the sweetest of souls, sometimes comes to light, and when it does, the result is a person that takes on that evil, that wears it proudly and becomes part of the darkness itself. I am Aaron from Devil We Know Podcast, and on our true crime show, we dive into the scariest corners of our past and present to reveal the devil we know. A father, a mother, a brother, a sister, and anyone, anywhere, who hides in plain sight, living a life of bloody secrets while living just next door. Come check us out and hear the chilling, true stories about the devils we know.